peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good I was thinking about a problem I have personally, internally sometimes in my thought process this morning. And I thought one of the reasons I have this problem is because I don't consider my enemy. And in any, any battle, any warfare, any competition, If you don't know what you're up against, you'll do several things. You'll underestimate what you're up against or who you're up against. That that thing, underestimating what you're up against, will actually cause you to make decisions that probably aren't the wisest decisions, not the correct way to go. And the reason you'll make those decisions, again, is because you've underestimated your enemy. You haven't considered, well, let me consider the enemy I'm up against and thus make a decision wisely based on that. So I, that thinking about that got me thinking about some Bible verses. What's funny is... This is pretty crazy. So I got a text from uh, the pastor of the church I go to. And, you know, we, we share information. We'll, we'll text. I'll text him with something I see in a video. He'll text me when something comes across, you know, um, his view that he knows I might be interested in. We do that often. We have a lot of similar interests. What's What's crazy is what he texts me. Uh, let me see. I'm going to I'm going to go to it and I'm going to read the title. I hope he won't mind me sharing this. Not that you know who he is, but what he texts me, he texts me a video and under the video, he said, we must know the lie. Um, the enemy to better be alert and stand firm. The crazy thing about that is. What what I was thinking, I was literally sitting down thinking about this, reading these verses and taking some notes as he texted that to me. Kind of crazy how things work sometimes. But again, if you don't know your enemy, you won't really adequately know how to move. Like you can see, I'm going to use this example and then I'm going to get to the verses I want to go to. In the United States, we have a Uh, a right-left polarization right now. We have people on the left side of an argument that believe one thing, people on the right side of an argument that believe one thing. And I heard somebody say this this morning watching some news clips, and it's true. There's a lot of people on the right that believe, oh, 
we'll do this and we'll do that. These lefties, they just don't know. The problem with that is you assume that your enemy who, you know, like I said, we got a left-right polarization, right? So the left sees the right as the enemy, the right sees the left as the enemy. Me personally, we're all Americans. We have disagreements, but we should be able to agree to disagree and move on, carry on our lives as law-abiding citizens. But anyway, the the right is underestimating the left, assuming the left is going to conduct themselves in a certain way, not really looking and understanding how the left is operating and what they're doing. That's a it's a dangerous thing because that's going to force the right to make decisions and do things that might not be in their best interest, not understanding exactly what the left is doing in their tactics. But anyway, got on a side note, but that but what I'm saying today is kind of dealing with that. So anyway, let's get into this. In the Gospel of John chapter 8, I'll read verses 30 down through uh, verse 44. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have, a, we have one Father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your Father, ye would love me, for I proceedeth from the, uh, and came from the Father, neither came I of myself. But he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, 
for he is a liar and the father of it. So when I was reading this this morning, there is several things that I was really keen to that I didn't notice before. And I was like, man, it's and I always say this It's funny how you can read a passage, you can read a book 10, 15, 20, 30, 100 times and completely blow past certain things. Look, every word in a Bible is so intentional. It's it's a great uh, I love reading the Bible. But in verse 31, this is what I never picked up on. It says, then said Jesus to those which believed on him. He's only talking to one group of people here. There's a bunch of people in the crowd. There's a bunch of people here, but he's only talking to one group. In verse 30, notice it said, as he spake these words, many believed on him. It didn't say all. It did not say all. It said many believed on him. And it specified in verse 31 that the Lord Jesus Christ is he's only talking to the people who believed on him. Why is that? You, you see in going through these passages why that is. So in verse 32, he says, and ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. They answered him who that's the that's the key question there. And I, I believe in its context, you see who is actually answering him. We be Abraham's seed. And we're never in bondage. To any man, how sayest thou, ye shall be made free. Now, remember, he's only speaking to those who believed on him. That's the Bible literally said that Jesus said, Jesus and then said, Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. He's speaking to the Jews who believe on him. They don't question what he's saying. Why don't they question what he's saying? They believed on him because they understand who he is. The people who are in the crowd, amongst that crowd that don't believe, can't see the forest for the trees. They can't, they can't comprehend or understand what he's saying. He's not talking about deliverance from a physical enemy, right? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. This is the bondage that he's talking about, but they can't see this. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. So he's explaining to them, once I free you from the bondage of this sin, you're free indeed. You're free and clear. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. 
Now, remember, he is speaking when he started. He was speaking to those who believed on him. But the people who believed on him are not the people who answered. In verse and in verse 38, again, he said, I speak at that which I have seen with my father and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. He's making a distinction here. And in verse 44, we get clarification. So clearly the people who are speaking to him are not the ones that believed on him. Jesus said unto them. Or uh, my bad. Verse 44. Ye are of your father, the devil and the lust of your father. Ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, this is this is just my surmise reading through these passages. I would not argue with a person over this. Right. So if 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 what I'm, if, if you don't agree with what I'm going to say, I wouldn't argue over it. Right. It's not it's not of dire importance, but I believe the Lord Jesus Christ kept speaking to those and answering those who didn't believe to show his believers a concept. This is what I believe he was doing. So notice, um, let me see if I got the, the specific verse written down. Was it verse 34 where he said, um, let's see. And the servant abideth not in the house. I'm in verse 35. Uh, forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. That's verse 36, verse 37. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Verse 38, I speak, but verse 37 is, is what I wanted you to see. And I believe, and, and like I said, I wouldn't argue over this. I believe he's saying these things to show those that believe on him something. He said, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, the, your fleshly lineage of Abraham, but you're not of the faith of Abraham, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. He's showing those who believe on him something. He's showing them a principle. Verse 44, you are of your father, the devil, right? He, he, he's showing his believers, these people who don't believe are not, they don't hear and see what the word of God is actually saying. They can't see it. The Messiah is shown all through the Old Testament. In prophecy, in, in picture and likeness all through the Old Testament. Those that believe on him, clearly hearing the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're beginning to understand their eyes are enlightened. They're like, oh, this is what Isaiah was talking about. This is what Daniel was talking about. This is what this showed a picture of. This is what this showed a picture of. And they believed on him. But. 
the people who didn't believe in the crowd, they're like, yo, what is going on? What, what is this guy talking about? And the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe, is showing those people who believe on him. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you that these people are not like you. Not that there's anything special about you. You have seen me for what the Bible says that I am. You have been illuminated to the truth. These people have not. Therefore, they can't see this. And in verse 44, he says, ye are of your father, the devil. And the end of that verse, he said, um, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. I truly and honestly believe all of these things that were said in its context, it was said for all of us, right? Because it's recorded in God's word. God inspired this. So it's said for all of us. And in its context, when it happened, I believe the Lord Jesus Christ was saying these things for those who believed on him. He was showing them something. He was showing them that what we're up against is not is not physical. But here's the problem people have. And, and this is what I wanted to wanted to get to with this. In Ephesians chapter six and verse 12. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is where, this is where the real battle is, right? Spiritual wickedness in high places. I want to show you something else. Now, you would think if if the current wisdom of 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 some is true, you would think, well, if that's the case, when a person gets saved, they should just completely remove themselves from the world. They should just be translated like Enoch and just be gone as soon as they're saved. The Lord Jesus Christ prayed. And in this in this prayer, he made it clear that I'm not just praying for the current disciples that are before me. I'm also praying for those who will believe on me through their word. That's all of us, all of us believers throughout eternity. This prayer was for all of us. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Here's the thing that I wanted to get to that I think you can disagree with me. And I understand if you do disagree, some people do disagree with this stance. I think some Christians want to completely remove themselves from everything going on in the world. And I've said this before, and I will say it again. The problem with that is twofold, right? So some of us believers do the same thing the world does, but in inverse. I'll, I'll show you what I mean. The world acts as though everything physical originated in the physical, and this is all that there is, negating and not even thinking about spiritual implications. And some believers focus on the spiritual to the point where they ignore the physical as if the spiritual things don't take effect and have effect on what happens physically. And what that causes is some people 
choose to deject and remove themselves from everything as though that's the answer. And I do not believe biblically that that is the answer. And I'll show you how this applies or how I think this applies. I pay attention to politics. I don't pay attention to politics because I believe politics is my God or I believe my salvation is in politics. God provides all. God is all powerful. God is all knowing. God has all power. My trust and my faith is in God. I understand that I live in a physical fallen world. So this is this is my problem with completely dejecting and removing yourself from the world. When we remove ourselves from everything going on, we cannot then complain when things fall apart. Our influence is not there. We are the people that understand that this warfare is not physical, but the spiritual warfare affects the physical world. We are the people who understand this. So if we remove ourselves from every conversation, if we remove ourselves from everything going on, we can't then complain about the direction in which it goes. And here's another thing. In the book of Proverbs, I can't remember the verse offhand, but it talks about um, uh, delivering the poor and the oppressed. There's a there's a physical implication to that for sure in its context, but there's also a spiritual implication to that. I understand that if certain things play out, Christians will be persecuted. That's a fact. We've seen this happen country upon country upon country region upon region. We've seen how these things play out. So I understand when certain totalitarian ideas take control, Christians and the gospel is, it's not silence, right? God's word will go out, but it's, it's, it's fought against more vehemently. I don't want that. If God sees fit that I must suffer for the sake of the gospel. I don't want to, but I will, Lord willing. I will, in submission to God, suffer for the sake of the gospel. But if I can affect my country in such a way that I don't have to, thus allowing me and other people to worship freely, to spread the gospel freely, then that is the direction I would rather take. And I think a lot of the things we see in the country is because many Christians have taken the approach that, man, none of this stuff, it don't matter. I'm just going to stay out of all of this. What do we leave to our children? I would rather. Now, again, my focus is always the gospel. I can preach the gospel more freely and reach people more freely and openly in a free society. I cannot do that in a totalitarian society because throughout history, all of the reading I've done, every totalitarian that has ever taken control, every totalitarian power that has ever came to be, what they do is they get rid of Christians first. Anybody that holds true to that Bible, you are the first one attacked as soon as they gain power. That's what comes. Why does that matter? Well, this is why that matters. And this is why I went through all of those verses. We are the people who understand 
what's really going on in the background. We are the people who understand the warfare is really a spiritual warfare. So knowing that, knowing that we are the people who understand the warfare is a spiritual warfare, should we remove ourselves from the situation? Should we not pay attention when we see lies? Should we just stay on a fence and on a sideline knowing that the devil is the father of lies? Should we just, ah, it doesn't matter. We're just going to stay in our corner and go to church and study the Bible. And we're not going to worry about any of this stuff. If we don't worry about any of this stuff, there will come a time where you can't study your Bible. There will come a time where you can't go to church. You see, it's all fun and games and it doesn't matter until it does. And I think that's what a lot of believers do not understand. This is this is by no means me saying that you have to get heavily involved in politics and politics is our savior. Again, the Lord God of heaven and earth is my salvation. He is my rock. He is my defense. I understand that I live in a fallen world and I understand what's going on. I'll give you an example. I'm going to I'm going to upset some people. This is this is not necessarily meant to be political per se, but it is going to get political. I appreciate the fact that the media challenges everything Trump says. I like that. You know why I like that? Because in a free society, the leader should be challenged, right? This is what I don't like. The media challenges Trump on everything, which I appreciate but they don't challenge his opponents at all. So now, as a believer, now I'm putting on my spiritual thinking cap. What's going on here? I'm not saying, understand when I say this because people take this the wrong way. I just said, hear me out. I appreciate the fact that the media challenges every single thing Trump does and says. I appreciate that. What I don't appreciate is they don't attack his opponents like, yo, don't let up, stay on his neck, but get on his opponents next too. why are you not doing that? That's that. Those are not just scales. This is not equitable. You're only attacking one side. Why is that? Why the vehement attack on him and and why give his opponents a pass now? Hear me when I tell you this is not me supporting one side or the next. I literally just told you I appreciate the fact that the media challenges everything he says. What I don't appreciate is that's not equitable. And I wonder why it's not equitable. I'm no I'm no apologist for anyone, but this is a fact. And, and I hate the fact that some people feel like as a believer, if you state something that's a fact, that means that you're 100% in one camp. I'm not a Trumpite. This is not a defense of him. I'm just saying, let's put our spiritual thinking caps on. The media challenges Trump on everything. Love that. Appreciate it. They lie a lot about him. So that causes me to think, yo, I, I appreciate the challenges, but why do y'all feel the need to lie? And I know they lie about him. This is not just conjecture. This is not me running defense for him. They'll say something. I'll check on it as I do. And I'm like, yo, this is this is a lie. Why are they lying? Now, let me put my spiritual thinking cap back on. The devil's the father of lies. The Lord Jesus Christ himself, when 
the people said that he had a devil and that's how he was casting out devils. He was like, a house can't stand divided. Okay. I'm not saying that the right is somehow this, this godly organization that, that that's come to, you know, reign in righteousness. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is putting on my spiritual thinking cap. What does the devil want? The devil wants as many people lost as possible. He wants as many people dead as possible. And he wants to take as many people to the lake of fire with him as he possibly could. What ideology across modern history has killed, destroyed, ravaged, and sent many countries into desolation more than anything? Socialism, communism. If you don't know the history of socialism and communism as a believer and you don't understand what's going on, thus making you pay attention because of our enemy, not because of politics. Understand the point is we know what the enemy wants. I don't want people to die loss. I don't want whole swaths and generations of people to die without God. I want freedom. Not not to use that freedom as a cloak of maliciousness, as the Bible says, I want freedom so I can freely preach the gospel to the lost. If we as believers don't pay attention, we're going to miss what's going on and we're going to, in a, in a lot of ways, give hand to it. Because of our lack of attention to spiritual detail. I think that's a problem. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm open to be challenged on this. Maybe I'm wrong. Right? Like I said, this is not, this is not about one party or the next. This is about Christians paying attention to what's going on with our spiritual thinking caps on. Thinking to ourselves, what does the enemy want? Division. All right, so we probably need to pay attention to things that bring in so division. What is the enemy the father of? Lies. I looked up that, that word father. I meant to read that. I'll read that and then I'll end with this. Father, he who begats a child in Latin, genitor or generator. The Greek word that's used there in that verse, John 844 is patir, P-A-T-E-R. Apparently a primary word, a father, literally or figuratively, near or more remote. Father, parent. Lies come from the devil. So when you start seeing lies, that's when you should start asking yourself, okay, what is the devil's play here? Let me put on my spiritual thinking cap. The devil's play is always for people to be blind, lost, and die without God. As Christians, I hope we don't drop the ball at this moment in history because a lot weighs on the body of Christ right now, in my opinion. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.